This is Annie Grace, and you're listening to this Naked Mind podcast, where without judgment, pain, or rules, we explore the role of alcohol in our lives and culture. Hi, this is Annie Grace, and welcome to this Naked Mind podcast. Today, I'm really excited because I have a naked life story with Dean. So Dean, welcome. Thank you so much for being here. No problem. Welcome. Thanks, Annie. Yeah, this is so cool. So love to just, you know, start at the beginning with you. Um, why don't you just start start way back and, and give us your story? Well, right, yeah. Um, I, had a, I had a brilliant childhood. Um, I was brought up mainly by my mother and grandmother. Um, alcohol wasn't at all in the, in the game. Um, neither my mum or my grandmother drank. Um, mainly because of uh, abusive relationship that, that they were they were in, um, so I never really come into contact with alcohol at all um, up until perhaps when I was around about seventeen, eighteen, um, and then, and then that's where where it all began. Um, going out with my friends and pretty normal relationship with drinking. Do you remember your first drink? Um, well, well, saying that, I, I used to I used to go to like, the local club with with my granddad and um, have a sip of his of his beer. Didn't like it at all. Um, and I, th- I think when I first started drinking, I I only drank with my friends. Did um, I was mainly into my computer games and and things like that. Uh, probably a bit of a late developer, like I still am. I was quite happy still playing computer games at sixteen, seventeen, when perhaps other people were going to the local parks and and drinking and things so um, but I, I made up for that don't worry about that as, as, as the time went on um, but I, I've, I've always had an addictive personality when I wasn't drinking I was eating uh, lots of chocolate a lot more than everybody else uh, all the time whatever I've done has always been it's always been more than everybody else um, so, so so basically um, when, when, I, when I left school uh, I ended up doing work for, for my dad. Um, he had a cleaning company. Um, and, and I think that's when, when I first started seeing people with drinking problems because the, the industry that we were in, um, it, 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 was, it was just lefty with people who were going to the pub after work. And like I said, I managed to avoid that until I was around about um, 18. And, and then when I was 18, I went to Mallorca on holiday with my friends and, and that's when it really it really all started for me okay i'm just reading some notes up here if that's why you see me yeah that's great um well it st- I still wasn't really doing anything over the top or, or anything like that um but one holiday in, in mallorca i ended up i ended up meeting somebody and i went on a train ride um down to see them on a bit of a drinking session and that's when I met my wife actually um, on the tra- on the train um, if I hadn't have been drinking at the time I definitely wouldn't have asked her for a number so that was that was one positive uh, that definitely come out of it um, but then um, I'm trying to think where I'm going to go with this now like I say if, if I hadn't have asked the wife for, for the number I would definitely not have of Matty, that's one good thing. Um, I fell out, work, fell out with my dad um, 
can't remember what the reason was for, but my dad himself likes a drink, so I'd imagine that that was was drink related. Um, and then I, I got with my wife, um, went on from one job to the next, still living a relatively normal life. Uh, my, my daughter was born, every, everything was going fine still. Um, my son was born. Um, and I started. I decided to start my own cleaning business up, um, so I didn't like the idea of being employed at the time. And ju- just as I, as I started doing that, that's when when disaster struck. Um, we go back a little bit. I, I'm also. I, I don't know if I've mentioned it before. I'm also a, a special constable, which is um, it's a part-time police officer uh, here in the UK. It's a, it's an unpaid role, but we we do all the same things that regular police officers do going around in, in the cars and arresting people. And I saw quite a few bad cases of people who had problems with drinking from that. So I was still, I was still relatively safe from any form of drinking problem, living a normal life. Uh, my main aim was to join the police full-time um, from their special constable role. So up until they were setting on full-time, I set up my own little cleaning company to uh, keep me busy until I managed to get into the police full-time as a full-time employee. That's when disaster struck. Um, I had an injury at work where I broke both of my legs. Wow. Yeah, I, f- I fell off a ladder from around about 10, 15 feet up. Oh, my gosh. Um, and I, I shattered both of my legs. And, and at the same time, basically shattered my chances of joining the police full-time. Um, so that turned everything on its on its head um, and that's when when I was off work for a year I was in a wheelchair for probably three months and that's when when the drinking started to 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 escalate to it, it was just ridiculous um, so let me explain I'm actually in my work van at the moment uh, it's because we're having a barbecue at our house and uh, my daughter my 15 year old daughter has got a load of friends around got the patio door open going into the garden it, it's just it's chaos <laughs> sounds <laughs> awesome <laughs> so that, that's why I'm, why I'm in the van um, on my driveway out of the way um, but anyway I managed to get back to, to, to full fitness again um, after a year uh, the drinking was I didn't think it was out of hand then but I did you know when you start having people saying you're perhaps drinking a little bit too much and Mm-hmm. Cut it down, and but I thought I was okay. I thought I'm off work, and I'm having a few a few beers, and I'm not doing anybody any harm, which I don't think I was at that time, to, to be honest. Um, but when I got back to full fitness again, um, because my police career was shattered, I decided to carry on with my my cleaning company. Um, I set on my first employee, and and the company just took off uh, massively. Uh, it was a really, really good time for us. Um, we were earning plenty of money. We ended up buying a caravan, which is a, a mobile home by the coast. Uh, we had our, like I say, our son and a daughter. We, we came. We had many weekends down there, um, and it was brilliant. I, but once again, all the, this was contributing to the drinking building up. Because at weekends, I was I was drinking wine and. A lot, and I mean a lot of wine, like one bottle a night to two bottles a night and then three bottles a night. And it, 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 
ridiculous. But we were flying high, everything was good. Uh, then my second son was born, um, so that means we've got three kids, a successful business, a second second home by the seaside. Everything was brilliant. Um, it, it, it looked as though this injury to, to my legs was was a blessing in disguise because I know people who joined the place and, and they're not they're not happy with it. They've left, and so I, 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 everything was going good. Um, but then we had, we had a client who went bust on us and didn't pay us quite quite a few thousand pound, which put us um, in, in quite a bit of debt with, with the Inland Revenue, which is the, the tax man over here. Um, so I managed to sort of get that on side again, but it, it was still hitting away at me, um, like I say, the pressures that, drinking was brilliant for me because these little pressures, just having it, having wine and going to the pub and, and things like that, it, it was brilliant. It, any pressure I had was just taken away. And at that point, drink, drink was still my friend. Um, but then in 2009, things went worse again. Um, my grandmother who, who I said was an influential figure in, in my life. She, she, she passed away, unfortunately. We, we found her um, dead in a, in a bed. And it, it was quite traumatic for myself, my wife, my mom, and our kids who were with us. So that was the point then when I think that's where I went off the rails. I started neglecting the business because I had the problem with the tax man. Um, my wife, had, me, sorry, my grandmother had died. And the drinking then was just, just ridiculous. It was the next six years really were a blur for me, to be honest. Uh, I can remember on one occasion, I fell out with my wife while I was drunk. I got on a, on a train to Manchester. Uh, I blacked out and, and I can remember coming back round again. I was in a, in a bus shelter in Manchester. I tried to get the train back, but the trains were, were finished late at night. So I had to get a taxi home. Um, which was, I think, well over £100. Um, and then by the time the next day came round, I was hung over to Hal and I was speaking to my wife, and I didn't even know what we'd argued about. It was, <laughs> I can't even remember it, even to this day, um, what, what, we, what we're arguing about. But because of these rising debts and um, the taxman problems, the caravan went, and, and things just started spiralling. Um, it got to the case at one point. I can remember my wife was out shopping and I was at work trying to keep the business afloat. School holidays. And I can remember my children, one of my daughter rang me and said there was a man knocking on the door. He was a county court bailiff, basically demanding money. And they were hiding behind the settee behind our sofa kids were and, and I was thinking I, I was actually come to this uh, from flying high with, with our caravan to people coming around threatening to take stuff out of the house because we were behind on our bills wow and I just carried on drinking and drinking and it was to be honest with you I, I do believe because because the story's got a happy ending that, that drinking probably did save me to be honest because whilst it was my enemy it was also probably Protecting me from having a nervous breakdown, if you, if you know what I mean. It was, 
because when I was drinking, I felt great. It, it was just everybody else around me who didn't. So, so the caravan went, um, and everything seemed to be going. And I, I just, my wife, my wife ended up leaving the business to get to get a full time job. So I was running our business on on her own, on my own. And then one day, I just decided to get rid of the business and get a full time job in help and make our way because at this point we've got four or five five staff and I just thought my life's gonna have to change because like I say I was probably drinking I was going the the pub after work probably having four or five pints and then coming home and drinking three bottles of wine. Wow. Um, it was ridiculous. Um my, my weight bloomed to over twenty stone, which I'm trying to think what that is in pounds. 280 pounds, probably nearly 300 pounds I, I got to. I was so unfit. I couldn't do, I was still at this point doing my special constable role with the police force, but my uniform didn't fit me. Um, I went to the stores to try and, the police stores to try and get a new uniform and I was told that they don't do police uniforms in that size. Um, basically I was too, too fat to be a police officer and I was just I was so down and, and depressed and I, I knew that things had to change. Um, but but looking back, even when I was enjoying my drinking, probably um, seven or eight years ago, I was still buying books, books off eBay, like Alan Carr's books and self-help books. And I was reading them whilst drinking. So I don't think anybody who enjoys drinking would be sitting on holiday drinking wine, reading self-help books. So I think deep down I knew that it, it was going to have to stop. Um, so anyway, I, I decided I was going to get rid of my business. I emailed all of my clients and told them that I was leaving. I was going to change my life around. Um, and every, I made all my staff redundant, basically. Just a spur of the moment thing like that. Uh, but I was still drinking at this point. Um, but I, I knew that I was coming towards the end of the road in the way that my life was. So um, I was looking for a job. I gave my staff their notice, period, what you have to give them by law. And then one of my clients um, rang me and said that he's starting up, because they're based in London, um, starting up a northern division of his company. And would I like to basically be an area manager for, for this company um, and carry on doing the role that I was doing without stress of businesses, running the business or anything. Um, and I hadn't been an employee at the time, probably 16, 17 years. So it was brilliant. He gave me a, a brilliant salary. Um, all, the, all the positives of being an employee with the holiday pay and stuff where I'd never, never even done before in my working life so then the business had gone and I go work for these it was great but as you know with drinking you're either drinking to commiserate or drinking to celebrate so I was then drinking to celebrate that um, I hadn't got these pressures anymore because with the new job the role that I'd got the, the money coming in all the debts we had soon began to began to clear or speak to creditors put them on acceptable payment plans where they were happy. We were all happy. Well, I thought we were all happy. Um, 
but I don't think my wife and my kids weren't happy because I was still living the life that I was living before, but probably worse. Um, and then I think we, we, we talk about um, spontaneous sobriety. One day, I finished work early, um, still in this new job, and I, and I text message one of my mates, said, Let, let's go to the pub, one o'clock, brilliant, Friday, this is the start of the weekend, we'll go to the pub and we'll get hammered, it'll be great. Summer's coming, it was April the 28th, 2017, um, and it was all on, all morning, we were texting each other, we're going to do it, and then... I think it was around about half past 12, he pulled out and said, I won't be able to finish work until five, five o'clock, so we'll make it at five o'clock. And I was fuming because I was I was ready to go drinking there and then, after I was, I was fuming. Um, so from the, I, I, just, I don't know what it was, I was I was getting so cheesed off with it and I was in my van, similar to I'm in now, looking at myself through the wing mirror like I am now, and I saw this big, fat waste of space who'd been given another second opportunity um, things weren't great at home, my wife wasn't happy with me and then, then I was getting cheesed off after I got everything sorted because I couldn't go for a drink at one o'clock and I looked at myself and I thought it's stopping right here now I'd already listened to your audiobook anyway um, and, and, and plenty of other audiobooks as well, I think I've listened to every one of them now uh, on Audible every book available and that was it. it. I think it was around about half past 12 on the 28th of April. I just said, I'm not going to drink anymore. So I, I texted all my friends and I said, I don't drink anymore now. That's it. And none of them believed me. Um, so I've, I've done dry Januaries in the past. It's a real, real struggle. I, I used to do dry January, but I only do until the 28th of January because I thought, well, 28 days is four weeks. Um, I don't need to do the other three days. I've proved to myself I haven't got a drink problem. And then, and then in January 2017, I failed at dry January um, on the 6th of January because I knew I was going to be starting this new job in, in the February. And I thought, stop it, I'm going to carry on drinking. And that was another sign for me that things were really getting out of control because even though I'd been drinking heavily for the last five, six years at least, I still managed to string these dry Januaries together. But in January 2017, I, had, I failed dry January. Like I was nearly £300. My business had gone. My marriage was completely on the rocks. And, and I just knew it was time for a change. So like I say, that was, that was April 28, 2017. And, and 14 months ago, yesterday, I still haven't drank since then. Um, it's so know, cool. And I've managed to lose nearly, well, Five stone in weight. Uh, my police uniform doesn't fit me anymore, but could it's too big. Uh, so I've managed to get a lot smaller sizes than that. I've taken on a role within the police force of uh, working with the police cadets, uh, which I find absolutely brilliant. Um, we've had a friend of mine in who I used to go to school, who's a recovering addict, who's come in and, and done a talk with these youngsters about the dangers of addiction and and, and, and things are just heading the right way. It's, it's brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Um, I'm in many of Facebook's um, support groups. There's um, there's one, um, one, one year no beer, you know that one. 
mm-hmm. um, Team Sober UK, and, and my, my favourite at the moment is uh, Sober Monkeys UK, which, I mean, we've got a, a good community going there, and because um, I didn't get any cravings for, for drink. At first I did, when, when I first stopped, I, I was missing the good old FOMO, fear of messing out, and you know what it's like. But that, since then, like I say, everything's good. So that's basically my story and where I'm at now. So, uh, oh, and, and another thing, sorry. In my new job, um, I, another positive towards the end of last year, I also got employee of the year as well working for them, which it's, it's just brilliant. And the relationship with my wife now is probably better than it's ever been. Um and it's all down to just cutting out alcohol. That, that, that's all it is. Um, and that's basically where I'm at now. So. Oh, that's such a cool story. It's just awesome and well told. That was really good. It was really, I was like riveted the whole time. It's yeah, great. I'm, sorry, I'm sorry I didn't take a breath. Um, I was just, um, just plowing it out. Um, no, it was so good. So what would you... Um, always have a final question I'd like to, to follow up with, but what would you tell Dean of, you know, 300 pounds and unhappy in his, you know, marriage and stressed out at work and, like, what, what would you tell him about what life's like now? Well, to be honest with you, I've just told that story and I, and I feel as though it isn't even my story anymore. I feel as though so I've told it to a few people. And I'm I'm now used to um, used to saying it, but I don't really feel as though it's my life. If if, if you if you know what I mean, it's. Um, but I think the moment that you can start seeing that alcohol intake getting out of hand is, is the time to, to to nip it on the bud. I think. Um, but that's easier said than done. We've we've all got to go through our own journeys, and and I think in another another ten years time, I can look back and. And it's part of my life, and gratefully something I'll never be going back to. Um, but I've heard lots of stories that are, that are similar. Um, but like, like I say, the, the one where my kids were hiding behind the sofa, and the man knocking on the door, shouting through the letterbox. Um, you're falling behind on your bills, but you can quite happily spend hundred pound a week in the club. Things are just a mess. Things are just wrong. Um, it's all down to to getting priorities right, and like I say, at the, at the time, drinking was, was just just plain havoc with, with my life. But I think deep down, even even through the darkest moments, I knew in my mind that one day it was going to stop. Mm-hmm. I've got people saying to me, "Drinking's out of hand. You you you're letting yourself go." But I I was just knocking them back because I was thinking it's okay. One one day. I'm going to not be like this. Um, and thankfully, because my friend couldn't make the pub at one o'clock, um, I dread to think what would have happened, to be honest, if um, if he did make the pub, because it would have probably taken me another another year of, um, of drinking to, to get there. But it was just that, that one moment of, of, of realisation that... Um, because I, I, I was going to the pub drinking that, that Friday, I had to text my wife, because I didn't dare ring her, to, to ask her if she could pick the kids up from school because I was finishing early. and She'd already got this job 
um, away from our business now, and it's just so selfish. It's, it's unbelievable. Um, but that's just the mindset given in it. And how is your wife? Has she been quite supportive of it all? Oh yes, I, I, I think at first, like everybody else, um, the first probably month to six weeks, I think all the wife, me, work colleagues. Um, family and friends I think they were just waiting for me to go to go back to how I was again but w once you start getting the better quality of sleep and uh, you can see weight coming off and clothes fitting and you stop getting the nasty letters through the letterbox um, about debt and and things like that once once that ball starts rolling Okay, it's really as red hot, you know. It's, I don't know what the weather's like there where you are. It's um, it's coming up towards eight o'clock in the evening, and it's, it's nearly 25 30 degrees Celsius here. So, it's, oh wow, we're having a real heat wave at the moment, which is uh, I'm not to complain about that. Um, but no, it's it's been a real, real journey, which I, I'm happy to have been on, to be honest. And both of my careers, uh, like I say, the one. Uh, with my current company and my, my policing career is, is just on just even though it's a, a part-time job and it, it's it's technically a voluntary role it is very very rewarding um, and we go out policing on the town centres on a Friday and Saturday evening and we see what people are like drinking and you, you can just see that they're heading down the same path uh, that I was heading I mean I'm, I'm 38 now and I see these 20, 25-year-olds know that they're heading down the same path. But that, that's their journey. It's, um, there's no telling them. There's certainly no telling me anyway. Um, but we, we can try and educate them. And that's the best we can do, really, with them. Yeah. And how is it? I mean, police work, at least in movies and television, is always such a boozy profession. How is it with colleagues? I, I, well, I was massively out of place because a lot of my colleagues are all fitness freaks. Um, a lot of them eat healthily. I mean, even though I've managed to lose uh, this five stone, that's only down to cutting out alcohol. It's not through being on a diet or any fitness. I mean, w w once we, we finish this now, I'm going to order an Indian takeaway. Um, so I don't think there's a, a big drinking culture in the police force. Um, certainly not in, in my area anyway. That's great. Which which is good. Yeah, we don't really want um, alcoholics running. Uh, and it's probably quite a deterrent. The work, like you were saying. I mean. Oh yeah, it is. Yeah, when, when you when you see the people getting in the mess that they get in, um, especially some of the domestic violence cases we go to, probably I think nearly all of them that I've been to. I mean, I've been in the police fourteen years now, and nearly all of them that I've been to it through alcohol related problems, arguments, or nearly all of them, um, I'd say 99% of them, because either the husband or the wife or both of them have been drinking. So, I have, I have a, um, a good friend who's a firefighter in a town near here, and it's about a town of about 100,000 people, right. and he, he says he gets called, he says eight out of 10 of his calls are 
probably around, it's a college town, university, so he says eight of ten of his calls are probably alcohol-related. And he was just kind of doing the math one day, thinking, okay, this is my little town of 100,000 people. There's 327 million people in the U.S. Like, how much taxpayer money is being spent just on the police and fire department on alcohol-related call-outs? But that's right. Yeah, it's the same with with the with the ambulance service, uh, the paramedics. It's, it's exactly the same. Uh, we, yeah. we we get their assistance, and it, nearly every time that it, especially at the weekends, that every time I've come into contact with a paramedic has been because of alcohol-related incidents, whether it be road crashes or fights or people falling downstairs drunk. And to be honest, I, I perhaps should have should have seen the light a few years earlier than I did, but I'm just happy now that, say, my children are 15, 13, and 10. And I feel a bit guilty that I've, I've probably... like When I said earlier that six years of my life are a blur, they, they really are. I, I can't really recall anything of note from, say, 2010 till 2016. It all feels as though it was the same period of time for me. I can't really remember anything about it worth talking about. Um, I, I, and that's what, what drinking's done, really. So that's a lot of time messed out, which um, I, I can I can hear now whilst we're, we're taking this call. I can hear me, my kids in the garden having fun, and I'm going to go and join them in a minute and have, like I say, orange juice instead of... I, I mean... 14 months ago, I would have probably been in the pub all afternoon and come rolling in now and go straight bed and miss out on things like that. And, but, but certainly not now. Um, so that, that's another positive from it. That's beautiful. It's really cool. Well, thank you so much, Dean. I mean, what a, what a cool story. And I love your accent. It's fun for me to hear it. So <laughs> contrent accent, a pottery's accent, it's called. Okay. The local area um, where we're from was where all the ceramics and the pots and plates and cups are made. So this is called the Pottery's Accent. Well, it's good to know. I love it. It's really (laughs) fun. Well, I just really appreciate it. And thank you for coming on and telling your story. It's just so cool. I know people listening are just going to be really encouraged. And it's just really, really cool. Thanks very much. All right. Have a wonderful day. And yourself. Thank you, Annie. Thanks very much. Bye. This has been Annie Grace with This Naked Mind Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. You can learn more at thisnakedmind.com. And please remember to rate, review, and subscribe as it really helps us spread the word.